What's up, what's up? This is Tony Lee, and you're listening to the Three Rounds podcast. This is my very first podcast, and this will be about uh, basically just different stories that's going on around the nation and abroad. Um, you're talking, you know, I call it Three Rounds because every round will be a different topic that I'll discuss. And then, uh, obviously, I would love some feedback on uh, my Yahoo account, PTL Entertainment at Yahoo.com. And that is PTL, the whole word, entertainment at Yahoo.com. I'll respond to your emails and I will also, you know, read something over the air in my future podcast if that's what you wish. Um, so, with that being said, let's get right into our first round. Round one. This first round is going to be about uh, something that's been going on now for about three months. This whole Occupy Wall Street movement, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I, I was feeling it at first, and and it was getting a whole lot of buzz through the media. But now you have to sit back and really wonder, what is all this really about? You know, like. I understand the whole we are the 99%, you know, with the 1% being like companies that got bailed out and uh, the banks and, and, and uh, Wall Street and so forth. But really, what is this all about? What are we expecting to accomplish here? All I'm saying is, you know, people dying or going to the hospital or, you know, riots breaking out because, you know, the mayor of a certain town or community asked, hey, let's clear out and clean the streets and you can come back and, and have your peaceful protest, as you call it. So for me, I really don't understand with no real leader and everybody really has their own reasons for participating in this movement. What exactly is going on what is supposed to happen here in the next i'll say two to three years if this occupy wall street stays you know active that long you know uh if somebody could give me that explanation i may just quit my job myself right now and squat somewhere because uh hey why not you know there's people actually paying for this and giving up donations uh it's just wild, uh, you know. It, it, it's it's amazing to me how some people really do have a, a true purpose behind this, while others is looking for a handout. You know, let's just keep it real. I mean, you're looking for a handout, and uh, why not participate in something like this where there's money involved, and you could uh, sell merchandise with the Occupy Wall Street name or. Or the slogan, we are the 99%. Why not capitalize off of that? It it, it makes a, a really good marketing strategy, in my opinion, for someone that's not, you know, working at this point and definitely unemployed. So, uh, I don't know. Again, I wouldn't mind checking one of these out. Like, either going to Chicago or New York or something. I wanna, I'd rather go to a big city. And just really see what's going on. Right now I'm in a small city. And it's kind of crazy. I know I understand they use Facebook and Twitter and the social media to basically organize these things. But here locally, 
like it's like they're doing it like three days out of the week at a certain time at a certain place there's not really anything major going on like in the major cities where they're literally shutting down traffic or you know truck drivers can't get their deliveries uh to their destinations on time it's like oh okay let's just sit in front of the you know the mayor's office at this time for a couple of hours a week like really what is that going to do i you know I, I I don't I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Like I mean, are you are you employed? Is that why you have to do a certain time, like in the evenings or early morning or something? Or it, it, I just don't get it. I understand you want peaceful protests and all that, but uh, it just all doesn't make any sense to me. But you know, some of these major cities, it's just like wow. You know, cops is throwing tear gas and arresting two to three hundred people or more because they don't want to leave. They don't want to just, you know, take it somewhere else. And if they are taking it somewhere else, they're taking it to abandoned warehouses and, and homes and communities and, and and who knows what. In the middle of the street, just literally holding up traffic. It's really crazy. And for me, I really don't understand the end result from this movement you are listening to the three rounds podcast so moving on from the occupy wall street topic let's go ahead and get into our second round this topic is really really catching flames fast somebody lit a match to this thing and now it's spreading like wildfire you're talking this is what i'm talking about here two names jerry sandusky and bernie fine these two guys you know have sexual allegations of abusing minor kids you know uh, let's start with Jerry Sandusky. Retired, you know, defensive coordinator of Penn State, you know. Has 52 counts of sexual abuse to young boys. Some say that go back to the 1970s. We're talking four decades of this? It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, and what's really crazy is this guy's wife literally backs him up. He's been jailed twice and she's come to bail him out. Four decades. Now, I'm not sure how long him and his wife have been together. There has to be some kind of hint that something else was going on. And she just accepted it for whatever reason because love makes us do crazy things. But my whole point is four decades of this. Is this because of a power struggle? You know, because of the, the, the second mile foundation or whatever this thing that he had going on that's supposed to supposedly help these kids? Uh... What's really going on here? 
What's really going on? And then you have Bernie Fine, you know, the former Syracuse assistant uh, basketball coach there. You know, he gets terminated over allegations of sexual abuse. And I think it was just two cases. But what's most interesting here with the Bernie Fine situation is there's tapes, or at least, you know, a tape of a phone conversation that uh, his wife, Lori Fon, had with one of the accusers, Bobby Davis, which was in the hands of a local Syracuse newspaper at ESPN. Just came out last month. But they held on to this tape for eight years and never even alerted the authorities that something could have been wrong. Something was going on at Syracuse. I mean, I love ESPN. I am a true fan of ESPN. But they dropped the ball on this. And lives were at stake here. Because now you're talking, these at this point, men, are mentally messed up for probably the rest of their lives. So, it is what it is, and that's all in the past. That's said and done. I don't understand how Jerry Sandusky, Bernie Fine, can even wake up and imagine just just hey I wanna go touch a young boy today. I want some I want him to touch me. Like who does that? And you have to be really sick. But what's even worse than that is that now that these two stories have come out, now we're getting more stories of sexual abuse. I mean I even see it here locally where I live of a story of a coach that's abusing uh, you know, one or two kids. There's a thing about the Boston Red Sox in their locker room, uh, you know, some 20, 20 to 30 years ago, something like that. I think probably like 20 years ago where it happened in the locker room. So, you know, I understand you're around these kids all the time and you put a lot of time into them and you're trying to, you know, get them into the, the football and the, the, the basketball and baseball, whatever it is, you're, you're trying to get them ready for a game. You're trying to get them to, you know, to enhance their craft as they, as they get older and take it up into, you know, from the minors to the major leagues and, and whatever the case may be, into college, in high school, whatever. I understand all of that. But to sit back and literally just pray on them while they're in the shower, you know, this is somebody else's son. <laughs> you know, most of and obviously I haven't heard of any females being sexually abused. It's only the males, which is really more disturbing here. If my opinion here is if you have to have some kind of satisfaction from another male, just go ahead, go to a gay bar or something and just hook up with somebody. Leave your wife and just move on. Just why, what is so hard about that? I really think it's a power struggle here. People, and you know, they have a little bit of power because they're a coach. 
they're someone that people are look the young people are looking up to. So hey, they will trust me, and they abuse that power. You know, and that's just and it's probably even in the major leagues. Like you know, like I said, there's a case of it in, in in Boston. Not really sure, you know, the specifics of that. But what? How do you go about doing that? And even then, you're talking this kid, this Bobby Davis guy, one of, one of the accusers for Bernie Fine, up into his 20s, which is even more disturbing because it's like, at that point, couldn't you fight for yourself? What, what would be so hard about that? I mean, yes, we get used to things, but if you know you're being abused, at some point you have to fight back. So... I don't know. It's it's it's, just, it's really disturbing to me how you have a lot of these sex scandals now coming out in the open. Guys are willing to you know put their pride at stake here to say, "Hey, look, I've been abused as a young a youngin," and uh, it's it's very sad. It's a very sad. You know, some of these stories that I've read and heard, you know, on the radio and on TV is is very disturbing and it's sad, and I just can't believe. Guys like Jerry Sandusky and Bernie Fine can even wake up next to their wives like everything's okay. Everything's okay. And uh, we'll see what happens. You're talking, uh, you know, they're both buried to go to, well, the Bernie, the Bernie Fine case, I think, yeah, you got a couple of accusers going to sue Syracuse and the, and the coach, Bayheim. Um, for the situation, but the Jerry Sandusky trial will be upcoming. So we'll see what happens there, as there is a line of people that are ready to testify over this guy. And uh, if he goes down, he needs to go down <laughs> for the rest of his life, obviously. You know, if I have my say about it, hung, and that's it out of here because that's just you don't play with somebody else's kids you don't play with kids in general you don't abuse kids physically sexually and not even mentally they are our future once we are dead and gone they will keep this world running and we can't have them running a world where their minds are just they're just out of it. They don't know what to do. They don't know what's right or wrong. So it is what it is. What's done is done. But the message here is these two need to pay for their crimes. For hurting our future. And at this point, they're, most of these accusers are well into their, probably their 20s and 30s. And even older than that, probably. So there you go. I tell you, that's that last segment is uh, really rough. But uh, moving on, moving on to the last round. So this one's going to be definitely sports related. I want to say first and foremost, unfortunately, yes, I am a Washington. Redskins fan 
With that being said, and very quickly, I don't want to bore anybody. I say get rid of the offensive coordinator. We need a good quarterback. And maybe even a new coach at this point. I'm not really sure. We need a few pieces to make this thing work. We'll see what happens. I'm sure Snyder's going to give this guy uh, Shanahan one more year. So, But a good quarterback. Maybe, I don't know. Well, we got a couple of injuries going on. Maybe another good receiver or something. We may be okay, but moving on past that. Everybody loves to talk about this guy, and so I will do it as well. Tim Tebow, Denver Broncos. We all have heard the story. The comeback kid, basically, this guy will just not go away. It's like he sucks for three quarters of a game. And then the fourth quarter, he all of a sudden just lights it up like magical. And he's been doing it for the last eight weeks. I don't know what it is about this Tim Tebow guy. Very interesting. He talks about his Christianity and his uh, faith and belief in God. And that's great. That is wonderful. Can it really correlate to what we see on the football field though people are really like actually questioning that at this point like is that even possible who knows the true debate here though is the guy is not he's not a quitter that's for sure he's definitely a fighter he's one that's not going to give up even when the situation looks bleak there is no hope. This guy will not give up and he will keep fighting. Which tells me in his personal life, he really has a strong faith and belief in God. Because that is something you would apply to your everyday life in any situation. Mr. Tim Tebow, Denver Broncos. Can I go to the Super Bowl? I have no idea. I have no idea. But it's hard to doubt this man. So, and outside of that, I want to talk about this story. Chauncey Billups. A lot of people know him from the Detroit Pistons. He was on that team for a long time. They won a championship in 2004. Made a statement that if he got claimed off of waivers... He'd rather just go ahead and retire if it wasn't a team that he actually wanted to play for. Do I agree with that? I say, you know what, I kind of agree with this man. Why can't he go somewhere like LeBron James did, like Chris Bosh did, like Carmelo Anthony did? They chose where they wanted to go. Why isn't a good player like Billups, basically on the downhill slide of his career here, go somewhere to get in the championship and ride to the sunset? Why does he have to keep being dictated to him where he has to go and play? So if he, if, if he wants to retire, hey, kudos. The man at least has one ring. 
you know. It'd be sad to see him go, but he's still accomplished, uh, in my opinion. And he's going out on a note that he feels comfortable with. That's the way everybody should do it. Go out comfortable in how you see fit. It's your life to live, not nobody else's. So, we'll see how that story plays out. He just had to clean off the waivers to the Los Angeles Clippers. That other team in L.A., which, you know, they're okay. They got Blake Griffin now. They could be a decent team, but that's not where he wants to go. He probably wants to go to Miami or somewhere where they got a chance to win the championship. So we'll see what happens to him. Good luck to you, Chauncey Billups. Looking for feedback at ptlentertainment at yahoo.com. Getting back on the NBA topic in general, I will say it has been a crazy situation with the lockout and that whole story of the owners and players going back and forth. I, I'm glad they got the deal done because I've not been a real big fan of the NBA. I've watched it casually and I definitely watched it last year. I've been following LeBron's, you know, to Cleveland, the move to Miami and all that. And I want to go to a game this year. So I'm becoming a fan of the NBA. But the whole thing started to turn me off just that quick when it started arguing over money. And in the end, the players got screwed anyway. So what was the point of all of this? We're not going to budge. Blah, blah, blah. Just to budge. Take a pay cut. Anyway. <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's, it's like soap operas all over the place. But, uh, Glad to see the NBA back. We'll see how the season plays out. 66-game season. There's going to be, I think that's 42 back-to-back-to-backs, which is ridiculous. You know, there's a lot of traveling involved, I'm sure. A lot of missed sleep, missed practice, which is going to mean what? A lot of missed plays on the court. So, is it going to be worth your money? Maybe you get to see your superstars on the court. You know, you can buy a nice new jersey to somebody just got traded to your favorite team. You know, let's say if a Chris Paul does make it to L.A. or um, New Jersey or, you know, whatever happens there. There's just a lot of issues. I going to, you know, we'll see how it plays out. That kicks off on Christmas Day. So, can't wait. Just trying to become an NBA fan. We'll see what happens. And uh, that's that's about it. That's about it. You know, the NFL's wrapping up this season. We'll see what happens. A lot of uh, different scenarios. The NFL's really been up and down this year. A lot of teams are just really up and down. Baltimore. Baltimore. Um, New Orleans came back. There's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of a back and forth going between Dallas and uh, New York and the NFC East there. Um, Philly was a total bust. Detroit is a borderline bust. I'm not sure yet. They might be able to pull it out and squeak into the playoffs or something. Um, Buffalo, a definite bust. And, you know, these teams looked very good in the beginning. And now in the end, close to playoff time, 
we're seeing the true contenders come out. Surprise team that I'm going to mention, Cincinnati Bengals. Like I mentioned earlier, when it comes to my Washington Redskins, get a good quality quarterback or at least a good rookie that can play like Andy Dalton, you got a shot. Cincinnati's my surprise team. I think in another year, Carolina Panthers will be good because this guy Cam Newton, he's a beast. This kid will run over you in a second if he has to. But, oh, by the way, he can also throw a good ball. So, I say another year or so, Cam Newton will definitely shine and pull Carolina out of the slump it's been in for a while. And who knows, maybe even a Super Bowl within the next in the next five years. So, um, San Francisco 49ers doing really well this year. Um, Jim Harbaugh. Um, Harbaugh's making a difference there. Who else? Oakland's, Oakland's iffy. You know, Oakland is just, I think, you know, they're an average team. Well, if they, they play somebody a little bit below them, they're going to they're gonna win. But a good team, they're having a hard, they struggle with the good teams. New England, New England's New England. As long as you got Tom Brady, you're going to win. <laughs> um, Green Bay's undefeated, so that's like really the highlight. And Aaron Rodgers, and he's just lighting it up, you know, throwing the ball everywhere. So... A lot of good storylines from the NFL this year. They had a lockout as well, which is the reason why I feel like the up and down of some of these teams coming to play because they weren't able to go to the OTAs and into the facilities and all this stuff to rehab and, and, and work themselves out properly. It was all a, a rush situation. So, But, you know, next year will be good, and we'll see what happens. So if I had to take my pick now, I would probably go Green Bay. Green Bay and maybe um the Patriots. You know, those are the they're the best looking teams, but it's just hard to say. I, I don't I don't know. So many I mean, you know, they both have um, weak defenses and uh, you pretty much just light them up in the passing game, so it's kind of hard to say. But we shall see. I'm going to end the third round on that. There's so much more we can always talk about. And if there is anything you want to talk about, feel free to hit me up. Tony Lee at PTL Entertainment at Yahoo.com. This has been the Three Rounds Podcast. Look forward to talking to you soon. The next one will be about my short film, at least one of the segments, um, Share It Pain, which is this a lot about the economy and um, things that are going on. You know what I mean? Like uh, the differences between, you know, white and black people. You know, no, white people can't relate to us, but we all go through the same things. So I'll probably have a sit down with um, someone as well um, that kind of give me a little insight or let's say a little information that I used to prepare myself for this short film. So 
with that being said, everybody be good. Be safe the holidays. And uh, last thing, don't be a talker, be a doer. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of results you're trying to achieve in the end. As long as you're doing it, you're going to see some kind of result. This has been Tony Lee. Peace.